Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. All right. Yom Teruah! Hey, today is the day of shouting. That's what Yom Teruah means. Day of shouting, right? Yom Teruah! This one's for lad. Everybody together. Yom Teruah! There we go. Yom Teruah, a day of shouting. What are we shouting about? You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were, we were getting into a little bit of the, the, uh, the meaning behind the festivals. And I know that I've said this so many times, but it still gives me chills every time I think about Yahweh's divine and particular plan for his people, which is laid out and expounded on through the festivals. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know that it wasn't by coincidence that the Passover lamb that was uh, slain in Egypt so many thousands of years ago would one day be the same Passover lamb, Yeshua, the Messiah, who was slain for us? It wasn't by accident and we sing these songs. He was, he, he was, his, his blood was shed for our blood. He is our Passover. It's not by coincidence that he died on Passover. It's not by coincidence that he resurrected as the first fruits. Can somebody hear me? It's not by accident that the apostles were all gathered together in one place on the day of Pentecost for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yahweh does not work in coincidences. He does not work in chance. He is very particular about his timing. And yet we have these festival days and so much to think about when it comes to the returning of the king. Hallelujah. Today we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 24 and 25, and we're going to give a brief message. I just want to encourage everyone that we need to be ready. We need to remember, we need to prepare, and we need to anticipate. Folks, I just want to share something with you. I don't know if this will have any meaning to you or not. It sort of jumped out at me. But the King James Version, which I don't have in front of me, but I know what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, It says, for Yahweh, or rather for the sovereign himself, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of Elohim. And I just, sometimes I put two and two together, and I think the trump, 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 trump of Elohim, boom, mind blown. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that trump is of Elohim. I'm just saying I don't believe in coincidences. That's an original. I didn't get that from anybody. I made that one up myself. And the youth promised me that they would cheer and laugh, but I couldn't hear them. Could you? Man, I tell you. Thank you. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 24. I gave a message on Matthew chapter 24 last year on the same day, and so this is continuing on from there. We talked about Yeshua's giving this a very clear and precise uh, 
prophecy about his coming. The day of trumpets is about remembering. It's about preparing. It's about sounding the alarm. I want you to be awake today. It's time for the people of Yahweh to wake up and not just us, but it's also time for the church to wake up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's time for us to come past the veil of Christmas, to come past the veil of Ishtar. It's time for us to come past the veil of Halloween and Valentine's Day into the glorious light of Yahweh's truth, and that is the festivals that he's commanded from the beginning. We are, we, it's time for us to help people to see who Yeshua really is and to, and to show them that these things, while you have been trained and taught and brought up to believe in them, they are meaningless. Let us show you something that has meaning. And if you're in here right now and, and you're celebrating Christmas or Easter, I don't want you to be offended. We've all been there. And, and please, just let's, let's move on to the meat of the word. Hallelujah. And so it is that we turn to Matthew 24. And he tells us in verse 21. Then there will be a great tribulation, such has not occurred since the beginning, nor of the world until now, nor ever will. This event, this time period is going to be like nothing the planet has ever seen. You thought it was difficult in the days of the flood. You thought it was difficult in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Perhaps you thought it was difficult in the dark ages with the bubonic plague Maybe you thought it was difficult in the medieval times. Maybe you think it's difficult now because of all the millions and millions of people who have been slaughtered in the 21st century. But I want to tell you that when this time of tribulation comes, it will be like no other time. We have to wake up. We have to remember what Yahshua said. We need to prepare ourselves and we need to anticipate Verse 22, unless those days had been cut short, Elder Pete mentioned this today, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, that's you, those days will be cut short. If anyone says to you, behold, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe him. For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders and will mislead, if possible, even the elect. I want to caution you. I want to warn you. I want to sound the trumpet today that there is coming a time of falling away. When the deceiver comes, it will be so real. The deception will be so enticing that many people will fall away. They will be led astray. They'll be led away from what we know and believe. And I truly believe with all my heart that the deception will seem biblical. We are not going to fall prey to the deception of Muhammad and his team. We are not going to fall prey to the prophet, the pope, or his people. There is nothing that can deceive us but that which is supposedly from the word. Am I making any sense? The deception, I believe in all honesty is going to be so real that you and I will all be tempted and say to ourselves, could this be the truth? But I want to assure 
each of us that we must remember the words of Yeshua. And by the way, if you don't know the words of Yeshua and the prophecy of Matthew 24, and I, I'm not a big prophecy guy. Let me just admit that right now. But Matthew, most of it's con, really confusing. Daniel chapter 9 and 12 and Revelation and so on and so on. There's so much allegory and metaphor going on. And so it's hard to, it's easy to get mis, you know, I'm mixed up. I love listening to people who talk about prophecy, but I, don't, I just don't know. But I know Matthew 24, amen? Because Yeshua is so clear. It's crystal clear. And so there may become a time that you can't even turn to Matthew 24 to remember. We have to know what Yeshua promised. And so he says, false messiahs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. There is no excuse. We have been warned. Yeshua has given us the directive. You know And so we know we have to remember. Now I want to go on to verse 26. So if they say to you, behold, he is in the wilderness, don't go. And behold, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe them. And here is the crystal clear prophecy For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. And then he goes on to say, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. That's a sign. The moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky. These are all great signs. You will know. It's the deception before this time that we must be careful about. And then he goes on to say, the heavens, the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky. Why are they mourning? Because they fell for the trick. They bought the lie. It's the lie that we cannot afford to purchase. When we see it, we have to call it out. And I'm telling you, you think it's difficult now for your family who's not doing the same things to you. Maybe they're not keeping the Sabbath. Maybe they're not keeping the feast. You think that tribulation is different. You have no, what if half of this assembly falls for this deception and starts pulling people with it? I'm talking for real here. We have got to remember what Yeshua said. He goes on to say, Then the Son of Man will be coming, uh, they'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great, what? Trumpet. We have to know what the trumpet sounds like. We need to recognize that call. It's not for no, it's not for random reasons that we blow the shofar. Yahweh has used the shofar through millennia. And it's all so that his people can know when he is coming or when he wants them to go. There are so many different things. And so we have to be aware of that sound. And then he goes on and says, and they, he will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. And then, of course, we have this duplicate prophecy slash 
testimony of Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which says, For this I say to you by the word of of the sovereign, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the sovereign will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the sovereign himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of Elohim, and the dead and Messiah will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the sovereign in the air. And so we shall always be with the sovereign. Therefore, comfort each other with these words. Because we're going to need comfort. Times are going to get tough, and I wanna, we're going to go in. I'm going I'm to try not to spend too much time, but I wanna, let's go to Matthew 25. Times are going to get, there's going to be a time of question. Now, let's, uh, let's get into Matthew 25. The, the parable of the ten virgins, by the way, has so many different interpretations. And I don't want to really get into the different interpretations today. It's a huge study, well worth your time. And let's just start in verse 45 because it's, it's sort of uh, the prequel to verse 1 of chapter 25. So verse 45 of chapter 24, Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom the master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Truly I say to you, or rather, but if that evil slave says in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards, and the master of the of that slave will arrive on a day that he does not expect him at an hour which he does not know and will cut him into pieces and assign him the place where the hip with the hypocrites in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth as Chris Hodges would say gnashing <laughs> weeping and gnashing of teeth it's not pleasurable and then he goes on to this parable He says, and then, verse 1 of 25, the kingdom of heaven will be compared to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. We have a picture of a Hebrew wedding, which is beginning with an engagement where the fathers have agreed upon a marriage. It's continued by a betrothal, which is actually the the marriage, if you will, where the the, the two are actually legally married, but they are not joined in marriage physically yet. The bride waits in her father's house while the bridegroom goes and prepares a place for her. Have, Have I made any sense? Yahshua said, I go to prepare a what? A place for you. And so we have this perfect picture of the Hebraic wedding. And we are in the time of betrothal now. It is when the people of Yahweh are committing themselves in marriage to the son and saying, I am coming for you. And so then the bridegroom comes. And when he comes, there's a big celebration. And that's what these 10 virgins are preparing for. They've got their lamps. In case he comes in the middle of the night, then they can go out with their lamps. And it gets deeper than that, but we're just shallow here today. Let's keep going. Five of them were foolish. Five were prudent. For the foolish took their lamps and they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil and flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. 
This is the, this is the place where we are today. The church is sleepy. Maybe not this assembly, but I don't know if you've been asking or talking or seeing, but the generation that's growing up today is so far from Yahweh, it's like unlike many generations that have preceded them. Most teenagers, and I'm not talking about ours, most teenagers have no concept or identity to who Yahweh is. And they are falling fast because of this world. It is a time of sleepiness, a time of drowsiness. And I'm telling you, we are just as liable, we are just as susceptible to falling into that trap of drowsiness. Oh, we're doing the feast thing again. Oh, we're doing the new moon thing again. Well, it's the weekly Sabbath. I have to go. I don't want to preach on this too much, but I want to tell you that there's a big difference in the life of a person who says, I can't do that on Sabbath, versus the person who says, I won't do that on Sabbath. There's a big difference between a person who says, I can't work today because it's the day of trumpets, and the person who says, I don't work today because it's the day of trumpets. There's a difference there. And that the difference is the condition of the heart. And I want to tell you that we have got to remain faithful. We have to remember the words. We cannot forget or become sleepy. And so it goes on to say, but at midnight, there was a shout. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. Come out to meet him. And then all the virgins rose. They trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, no, there will not be enough for you and us to go instead and to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. The issue of salvation is a personal one. You cannot rely on somebody else for your own salvation. Hear what I'm saying. Just because we keep the feasts, just because we observe Shabbat, just because we use Yahweh's holy name, does not mean we know Him. And it more importantly doesn't mean He knows us, which we're going to get into in just a minute. These were prudent and they said, go and get it yourself. I can't give you what you need for the time of the bridegroom. And while they were away making that purchase, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went into him at the wedding feast and the door was shut. In the Hebraic wedding, once the, per, the, the procession is continued and it goes into the building, the doors are shut and no one may enter. You are cut off from the wedding feast. And that's where these people found themselves. Later on, the virgins also came saying, Master, Master, open up for us. But he answered truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day or the hour. So not only do we have to remember what Yeshua said, but we have to prepare ourselves, we have to be ready, and we have to be on the alert, anticipate His coming. If He were to come this evening, are you ready? 
Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your, are your sins covered? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Or are you waiting for the opportune moment to receive the salvation Yeshua has promised through His blood? And if you're waiting, I do wonder, what are you waiting for? Because the time is now. There's a poem that was written about Matthew 25 and the parable of the virgins. It says, late, late, so late, and dark the night and chill. Late, late, so late, but we can enter still. Too late, too late, ye cannot enter now. No light we had we, for that we do repent. And learning this, the bridegroom will relent. Too late, too late, ye cannot enter now. No light so late, and dark and chill the night. Oh, let us in that we may find the light. Too late, too late, ye cannot enter now. Have we not heard the bridegroom is so sweet? Oh, let us in, thou late, to kiss his feet. No, no, too late, ye cannot enter now. There is no nail so laden with regrets as the sound of the words, too late. We can see a parable, uh, rather a parallel here with what Yeshua says to the ten virgins and what he says to the people in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, Yeshua is saying, Not everyone who says to me, Master, Master, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Sovereign, Sovereign, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It is one thing to claim to know who Yeshua is. It is an entirely different thing to claim he knows who you are. We talk about a personal relationship. We talk about getting ourselves into the Word. We don't just need to know who Yeshua is. We need, we need Him to know who we are. So I want to close and just share with you that we need to remember, if you don't know the promises that Yeshua has made to us, when the time of temptation comes, and it is coming fast, what will we do? We need to prepare ourselves. We need to be ready. What do I mean by that? I mean, we need to be investing in our spiritual lives. We need to be investing in the spiritual lives of others. We need to be shouting from the rooftop. We sing all these songs. So I shout out... But do we shout out his name? Are we making that proclamation from the mountain? High on the mountain, I will be lifting my voice. And do we just sing? 
Or are we living it? And if we are living it, let that light shine. Let us be those wise and prudent people who are made ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then I want to say to you, we have to not only know about His coming, but eagerly anticipate it. Do not think for a moment that these festivals are meaningless, that they're just an exercise. Yes, we come. We prepare our minds for the Feast of Tabernacles. We prepare our minds for the Day of Atonement. It's not just an exercise, though. It's meaningful. It's prophetic. It's powerful. We have to remember that it's anticipation. We are ready for you to come. King of glory, come down. Hallelujah. To anticipate His coming is to wait for it in eager expectation. If you find yourself going through the motions, remember His coming. If you find yourselves being bored during the festivals or in between festivals, remember His coming. If you find yourself uninterested in the songs that we're singing or the word that we're preaching, remember to prepare yourselves. It is not, the pulpit's ministry is not to secure your salvation. The pulpit ministry is to prepare and warn you so that you can receive the message and act on it. Hallelujah. This, this pulpit, these elders, they are not in charge of whether you receive the word or not. They are only in charge of shouting. And today is a day of shouting. Yom Teruah! We are ready for you. Yes? Yom Teruah! We're ready. Come now. May he be glorified. Thank you so much for your time.